ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Hallelujah. It's such a great blessing for me to come your way today. I want to thank God for the life of Pastor Zach Kaolala and the entire Word Alive Ministries family. I believe that the, the, the great impact you are making on the land of Malawi and internationally is very commendable and I really want to thank God for the life of my father and pastor Bishop Dagwood Mills through whom our paths crossed and I believe that great destinies are being framed and formed and fashioned by the beautiful relationship that exists between our family and the Word Alive family. It's a blessing today and I believe that this, this conference we are having, the Church Ablaze Homecoming Conference, is going to be a great blessing to everyone. And I need you to call your friends, invite your friends, and get them to be, to, to be a part of this great conference because the Bible talked about the time in Israel where the word of God was scarce. And I believe we, we live in such times where the word of God is scarce. You hear a lot of messages being preached. A lot of pastors are preaching. But there's a word for you that I believe you need to find time and receive. And I believe that this Church Ablaze conference is the conference God put together to change your life, to change your ministry, and to bring you to a place of great blessing. And so today, I really thank God for the honor and the privilege to come on as a, as, as a speaker in this great conference. And I, I really love the theme, you know, becoming a thousand times more, a thousand times, a thousand times more than you have ever been. I, 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 I couldn't have imagined a better theme for this conference. And I want to thank God for the life of Pastor Zach once again, for the burden to build churches, for the burden to plant churches, for the burden to raise leaders, and the great impact that the Word Alive churches are making in Malawi. I, I, I would have really loved the great time of fellowship I've had year after year as I've come to Blanta for the um, in-person conferences. But I believe that, we, that this um, online dimension 
is also going to be a blessing and will reach many more. So today, um, I am speaking on a very important subject and I'm staying within the confines of the theme, becoming a thousand times more. And uh, I, I really genuinely believe that God has something very wonderful for you. And uh, today I am speaking from this very beautiful book, Others, by my father and pastor, Bishop Dagiwad Mills. Others, others. It's, it's a very great book. I want to encourage everyone, everyone, every Christian to, to, uh, should try to get this book. I'm sure they are available in any major bookshop in your city and in your church as well. And uh, you can also get, get them from Amazon, get it from Amazon. And uh, I believe it is going to be a very, very great blessing to you. And uh, this, this very book I, 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 I selected, I believe has some very important lessons we need to learn. As a church, if you are a pastor, if you are, if you are a church leader, if you are a church worker, if you are a servant of God, being used by God, I really believe that God has something great in store for you. And uh, the, the scripture I would like you to turn to this, at this time is Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, if we are going to be a thousand times more as a church, if we are going to grow as a church and make a great impact on the lives of individuals, families, communities, cities, and families, I believe that we need to understand that the gateway, the door to becoming a thousand times more is a door called others. Others. Now, this word others came about when the founder of the Salvation Army Church, Salvation Army, that great worldwide ministry founded by William Booth. You know, the leaders and the pastors were going to have a great meeting. So they all gathered and uh, were waiting for a word from their founder, either for him to come physically or send a message to them. Now, as they waited, they received a telegram a telegram from William Booth. Now, when I say telegram, I'm not talking about the telegram app. This, this generation 
does not know that there's, there used to be something called telegram. It was a means of sending messages across you know, nations, long distances, and so on. Now, the pastors of Salvation Army who had gathered to receive a teaching, a message from William Booth, were amazed at what they saw when they received the telegram from their founder, William Booth. The telegram had only one word, only one word from their founder. And then your guess is as right as mine. That one word was others, others, others. And I believe that today, this word, this single English word, others, is a very, very major word the church must learn because it is the foundation on which the church was built. That is how God thinks. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how Jesus also thought. And if we as a church are going to be a large church, which is a thousand times more, I want to suggest that the key, the wisdom key, the master key to growing to become a thousand times more is by thinking about others. Now, whether you are a church or you are an individual, the, 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 the formula for your greatness does not have you as the subject of the equation. The formula for your greatness has got others as the subject of the equation. Whenever you want to solve the problem of smallness, whenever you want to solve the problem of being little, being cocooned in a corner, being insignificant, having no impact, if you want to solve that problem, then the equation you will use to solve it must have others as the subject. And I believe that the church of God today must go back to the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ. Interestingly, the scripture I just read, if you go on, it says that let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, what is the mind? The mind that we must not think only of or about ourselves, but we must also think about others. Others. So, so today, I am teaching from this book, which I believe is going to be a very great blessing to you. And... Uh, I am picking the message I'm sharing with you from the, just the first chapter, you know, and I'm taking just a portion of the first chapter, just a little portion, a little portion. Um, there, there is 
a part, a portion of the first chapter, which introduces the message of others, what the message of others is about. And in this book, Bishop Dagiwad Mills gives seven things the message of others is about. And that is what I want to share with you today in this first session I'm having with you. And I believe that as I go on, God willing, in the other sessions, I will have a word from the Lord for you. Now, the message of others, it says that, let look not every man on his own things. Don't look on your own things. Don't focus on your life. And even as a church, we must not live our lives just focusing and making the churches we are pastoring the, the, the center of attraction, the focus of our work. He says, look not every man on his own things, but rather every man, every church, every ministry must also look on the things of others. And I believe that the message of others, if well understood, if well thought through, if we will believe in it, will make our impact not a small impact, but a great impact on lives, destinies, nations, families, cities, and towns. What is the message of others about? Number one, the message of others is that others exist. Others exist. That is the message of others. <laughs> others exist. You are, you are not the only one who exists. Your little church in the corner of the city is not the only community of humans. Others exist. Hallelujah. And any community, any church, that is inward looking, is tending towards annihilation. It's tending towards becoming extinct. It's tending towards becoming a relic of the past. When we look inward, when we look at ourselves, when our attention is only on ourselves as a little church, as a little fellowship, we are tending towards being forgotten. You know, and that is how even the nations, the nations, the Western nations, became the great nations they are today. They became great by telling themselves that, you know, it looks like some other people exist beyond the mountains we see. Some other people exist beyond the sea. There is, the, there is another land beyond the sea. And we must make boats 
and go and see the others who are also existing. And they traveled, they made boats, they made ships, and went to Africa, went to Asia, went to South America, went to North America, went all over the world. That is how they became even the wealthy nations and the mighty nations they are today. They didn't become mighty by just keeping to themselves. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is why Paul is exhorting that we must be outward looking. That's how to be a thousand times more. The numbers are not just going to come because you stayed in the church having conventions and conferences and dancing and worshipping and you know being prayed for hands being laid we thank god for all these we need them as a church but if nothing else happens beyond that then we've missed the point we've missed the point we've missed the point i i i like the new living translation the way the new living translation puts philippians 2 verse 4 it says don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. Don't look out only for your own interest. But take an interest in others too. You are born again. You know God. But we must take an interest in others who don't know God. That is how we get, a, become, we get to become a thousand times more. So, so the first message about others is that others exist. Other people exist. We, we thank God for this conference. I thank God for all of you who are online. It's a blessing to have you on. But I'm saying to you that never live your life thinking that you are the center of attraction or the subject of the equation. Other people exist. Other people exist. There is somebody you could have brought on to this, to this conference. There is somebody else you could have invited. Other people exist. When you live your life thinking that it's all about you, you have begun to diminish. You have, be, you have, you have begun to become obsolete. Number two, the message of others is that our minds must be on others. Our minds must be on others. That is the instruction Paul gave us in Philippians 2. He said, let this mind be in you. This mind. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the mind. The mind that you think about others. And you see, the church must begin. We as a church must have the mind. Our minds must be on others. Our minds must not be on our problems. Our minds must not be on our, on our little lives we are living. Our minds must not be on our, on our difficulties or on our prosperity. Our minds must not be on our, on our blessings. Our blessings, our prosperity, or our problems must not be the focus of our lives as a church. It is very convenient 
It's very convenient for you to make your life or the church the center of attraction. But God is saying to us that it is not the right mind to have. The mind, our mind must be that there are some other people. There are some other people. In 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9, and I'm reading the NIV. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9, which is, I'm, I'm reading just a part of the story of the four lepers who were about to die. In fact, they said, if we stay here, we will die. If we move on, we are going to die. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a bad case already. But the Bible says that as they advanced towards the Syrian camp, a lot of things happened. But to cut a long story short, these four lepers came upon an amazing find, an amazing blessing. They never expected what they were looking for. They never expected what they saw, I should say. They saw food, they saw drinks, they saw, they saw clothes, they saw jewelry. I mean, every, in the camp of the Syrians, the Syrian army, because God had made the sound of the lepers to sound like the horses and chariots of the, of the, of the Egyptians and the Hittites and all the, all the other armies. Now, when they saw the food and they began to eat and to drink, the same way all of us have also chanced upon certain blessings in life. Some of us are married. Some have got jobs. Some have got businesses. Our churches are growing. Things are happening to us. There is joy in our church. And as they were enjoying themselves, the Bible says that they said to each other, 2 Kings 7 verse 9, NIV. He said, what we are doing is not right. What we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news. And we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight... Punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. I repeat, what we are doing is not right. These four lepers who were about to die, just like you are about to die, you would have gone to hell. You would have experienced disasters. Your life was ebbing and going down. There was no hope for you. Some of us were on drugs. Some of us were smoking. Some of us were, were, were prostituting. Some of us were on pornography. Some of us were, 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 were living lives which had no meaning until Christ came. And today, you wear a shirt and a tie. Today, you look normal. Today, you are married. Today, you have children. Today, you have a job. Today, you drive a car. And the Bible says these lepers also chance upon similar blessings. And as they were enjoying it, as they were eating, they said to one another. And I pray that today the church of God will say one to another that what we are doing is not good. What you are doing is not right. 
This is a day of good news. And we are keeping it to ourselves. I'm saying that our minds must be on others. The message of others is that our minds, the mind of the church, I'm, I'm showing you how we can become a large church a thousand times more. We count ourselves in thousands. We count our churches in thousands, not just members. Churches in thousands. I thank God for the life of Bishop Dagwood Mills. I really thank God that God has used him as, as, as a beacon of hope for any church, any pastor, no matter how small you are, the life of Bishop Dagwood Mills gives us hope that we too can one day count not our members, but our churches in thousands, in tens of thousands. And I believe that anybody watching me who has seen himself small, who has seen himself as someone who will not amount to much, will begin to have hope. And I'm saying that that hope will begin when your mind begins to work well. The mind of the four lepers worked well. They said, what we are doing is not right. My dear friend, to sit in the church, to drink oil, to pour oil on ourselves, to pray, to be prayed for, to, be, to, to, to scream, to dance, to be happy, to be merry. Look, it's not the center of our church. That must not be the focus of the church. The focus of the church must be for a leader to point his finger and say, we are going out there. The others, our, the others, they are there. We need to get out of the church. We need to stop dancing and move out. We need to stop drinking oil and move out. We need to stop pouring oil and move out. We need, we need to move out. They said, what we are doing is not right. The Living Bible of the same verse, 2 Kings 7, 9, the Living Bible Put it in a very beautiful way. He said, finally, they said to each other, this isn't right. This is wonderful news. And we aren't sharing it with anyone. Why is it wonderful? Because there was, there was famine in the land. People were eating their children. I mean, they were eating all kinds of things. People were dying. And these guys had chanced upon food and drinks. The same way the world is heading towards hell and destruction. The same way the souls of men are starving. The same way destinies have no hope. But you and I have chanced upon the right food. You and I have chanced upon Christ. You and I have chanced upon the word of God. You know how your life would have been. But for Christ, you know how your life would have been if Jesus had not intervened. You know yourself. I know where my life was headed for. I know what my life was about. I can tell you that it was not a good life. When at age 13, 13, I could drink a bottle of whiskey and get drunk and just collapse. Not a glass. Drink it and, and, and just collapse. At age 13, I was smoking cigarettes in packs per day. 13 years. Yes. If at age 13, I was smoking 
let's say, two packs of cigarettes. Two packs. 13 equals two packs. Therefore, I'm over 50 years. Over 50. So, over 50, over 13 times two packs. That is Indian hemp. That's Indian hemp because it's less. It's it's more. 50 is more. If more, less divide. So, 13 into itself, one. 13 into over 50, let's say four or five. Five times two packs of cigarettes. It's Indian hemp. I I just did some arithmetic with you. I would have died by now. I should be in the in the in the in the in the in the grave by now. If I was alive, if I were to be alive, by this time I should be in the mental institution. But Christ saved me. But Christ came through. Some of you would have been depressed. Some of you would have lost your mind. Some of you would have had all kinds of lives. But today, just like the madman of Gadara, you are wearing your clothes, you are in your right mind, you are looking neat, you are looking well, you are together. Ladies and gentlemen, your mind must be that others also must hear this. What we are doing is not good. He said, this is wonderful news. And we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some terrible calamity will certainly fall upon us. That's why today the churches are experiencing calamities, troubles, because we have not bothered about others. How much can one man enjoy? How many bottles of oil can be poured on one man? How many handkerchiefs can one person receive? How can your life be the center of attraction? How? How can your life be the center of attraction? How can you be the focus? How can your life be every, like you, your husband, your wife, your children? That's all you live for every day. You take them to school, put some, 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 some snacks in their bags. They go, they come, they do homework. You go to work, you come, your husband comes, you are sitting at the dining table. Is that why, is that why Christ died for you? No, no. We do not well. We do not well. This is wonderful news. This is the voice of lepers. Many churches are not doing well because they are not thinking about others. Yes. The key to doing well is to remember others. That's what this book says. The key to doing well is to remember others. The key to doing well is the key of remembering others. Remembering others opens the door to prosperity. Financial prosperity, numerical prosperity, spiritual prosperity, social prosperity, any kind of prosperity. That's why I mentioned the Europeans. It's by going out to South America. They, they were in Portugal, but they moved to South America. And they found things which were not in South America, which were not in Portugal. The British moved all over the world and discovered things they could never have found on that island. Ladies and gentlemen, the mandate of Christ is still the mandate. He said, go. Go. And where do we go? We don't go to our wives. We don't go to our beloveds. We don't go to our business partners. We go to other people. Other people. 
That is how the church has always been. That's how the church existed. That's why Christ, that's how Christ came. He was in heaven. He was okay. He was okay. But he thought about other humans, other ants, ants on earth. And he left his throne in glory and came down. He came down to mingle with, with his own creature to save us from our sins. Yes. That's how Nehemiah moved also from the palace. He was okay in the palace. He was the, the cup bearer to the king. He was fine. They had no problem. But the walls of Jerusalem were, 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 were broken down. The walls of Jerusalem didn't exist anymore. And it broke the heart of Nehemiah. He said, no, I can't be here seven wine. When the, when the walls of Jerusalem are broken down, I need to go and build. We need people who will look beyond their current life, their current prosperity, their current... Pro- look, focusing on your problems will never solve your problems. That's what I can tell you. Whatever problem you have, concentrating on it is not going to help you. My mind is just gone to David when they went to fight and they overcame and they came back to their town and all their things were stolen. The wives had been carried away. I mean, his people were very upset with him. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. And he sought God's face. Should we pursue these guys who have come for our things, who have come for our wives, who have come for everything we have? And God said, pursue them, overtake them, and recover all. But ladies and gentlemen, as they were going on their houses, they met a young man who was almost about to die. They could have passed him by because they were not looking for a young man. They were looking for their wives. They were looking for their things they had, the guys had stolen. But David said, even though we are looking for our things, let's care for this young man. Let's stop. So they stopped and they cared for him. They gave him something to eat. And the man asked them, where are you going? He said, our things are lost. Some people have come to raid our town and stolen our things. We are going for them. He asked them, who are they? Do you know them? Do this? He said, what are the things which were stolen? And the young man said, I know where they are. My God. I know where they, they are. That young man led them to where the things were. And they recovered all. Sometimes as you pursue your dreams, you need to stop and think about somebody. Because the key to your own success is in the hand of someone. If David had just gone on galloping and, and moving on looking for the, 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 their wives and their things, they would never have found them. Because... The one who had the key, who knew where the things were, was the one they passed. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is passing by pastors, evangelists, prophets, church builders, masquerading as unbelievers, we smokers, prostitutes, 
godless people, but all they need is a little attention, a little food, a little love, a little interest, a little care. Let our minds be on others. And today, God is showing us the key. And the key to doing well is that our minds, we, we must think of other people. Think of the community next to your church. Think of the houses around your church. Think about the, your mind must be on the people at the bus station. Your mind must be on the people playing soccer on the field. Others. Others. And if our minds are on others, we are headed for great blessings. Number three. The message of others is that we are to spend our lives for others. Our lives must be spent for others. We have to ask ourselves, what percentage of our time is spent on other people? The church must wake up and ask ourselves what we are spending, our ex- the expenditure of our time, our energy, our money, our, our what, What percentage of it is being spent on others? If you read Matthew 9.35, the Bible says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. But note it, in verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. In verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, so you don't see multitudes until you have gone about. There must be a going about before we see the multitudes. Remember, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, there is something you do before you see the crowds. And it is called going about. The church is a going church. And we better rise up and spend our lives. Spend our energy on crusades, on outreaches, on evangelism. Sitting in the church, living a sedentary church life will not let I see the multitudes. Jesus went about all the cities and villages. I'm not surprised, therefore, that in verse 36, he saw multitudes. My dear friends, 
We must spend our lives. We must spend our lives. I, I, I remember that hymn, um, uh, Methodist hymn book 589. It says, go labor on. Spend and be spent. Thy joy to do thy father's will. It is the way the master went. Should not the servant tread itself. Go labor on. Spend and be spent. That's, that's the church. That's the church. We go and we labor and we spend. And we are spent. Thy joy, your joy to do the father's will. It is the way the master went. The master went this way. This is how Jesus lived his life. He went about. He went. He said, go labor on. Go. Leave the church. Leave. Go about. Go about your town. Go about your community. Go about your city. Go about. Just keep going about. Sharing the gospel. Go. Labor on. Spend. And be spent. The second standard says, go labor on. It is not for naught. Thy earthly loss is heavenly gain. Men heed thee, love thee, praise thee not. The master praises what are men. The third stanza says, go labor on while it is day. While it is day, a night is coming. You may want to go, but you will not be able to go. But ladies and gentlemen, this is our day. Look carefully. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is white. Go. That's how we become big. Go labor on while it is day. The world's dark night is hastening on. Speed. Speed thy work. Cast slot away. That's a cast laziness away. It's not thus that souls are won. Souls are not won by laziness. I will take it again. Go labor on while it is day. The world's dark night is hastening on. Speed, speed thy work. Cast sloths away. Cast laziness away. The church is full of lazy pastors, lazy leaders, lazy members who just want to sit and receive prophecies, sit and receive messages, sit and receive that said the Lord. But ladies and gentlemen, the best prophecy for your life is the prophetic word Jesus gave. He said, go ye therefore, and lo, I'll be with you. Who does not want Christ? I, I, I will prefer Christ to be with me any day than to receive a thousand prophetic words. Jesus himself with me. It's worth more than a thousand prophecies. He said, and lo, I'll be with you. I am with you always, even to the end. Go labor on while it is day. The world's dark night is hastening on. Darkness is coming. Can't you see? Can't you hear? Soon you'll not be able to move. Soon you'll regret. Soon, when you stand before God... When you stand at the gates and you look back with regret, soon, soon, you would want to go, but it will be over. It will be, it will be too late. This is the time. Rise up and make a move. Soon, you will not have the ability. That's why I say speed. Speed thy work. If the church has ever added speed to its work, it should be now. Speed. Speed thy work. 
cast slot away. It's not thus that souls are won. Stanza number five. It said, toil on, faint not, keep watch and pray. Be wise, the erring soul to win. Go forth into the world's highway. Compel the wanderer to come in. I'll take it again. Toil on, faint not, keep watch and pray. Be wise, the erring soul to win. Go forth into the world's highway. Compel the wanderer to come in. Ladies and gentlemen, they are wandering. People are wandering away. People are moving away. They don't know where to go. They can't find their way to church. You and I must bring them. And it comes by going out. The sixth stanza says, toil on. And in thy toil rejoice. For toil comes rest. For exile home. Soon. Shall thou hear the bridegroom's voice? The midnight peal. Behold, I come. Very soon we shall hear the midnight cry. The midnight peal. The midnight trumpet sounding. That I am coming now. It's over. And when you hear the midnight cry, it's over. It's over. There's nothing more to do. It's like sitting in an exam room and they say, stop work. Pens down. You can't. You can't write again. It's over. You had the chance to write. You had, you had months and years to study. You had all the opportunity in the world to get teachers and learn. Pens down. Stop work. It's over. Soon your stop work shall come. Ladies and gentlemen, the church must rise up and think about others. The church must rise up and spend our lives. Go labor on. Spend and be spent. Spend and be spent. Thy joy to do the Father's will. It is the way the Master went. Should not. We, that's how Jesus went. And why are we the servants trying to do something different? Number four. The message of others is that we must live for others. Yes. The message of others is that we must live the church must live for others. And that he died for all. That they which live, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15. And that he died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Yes. Becoming a thousand times more will only be possible when the life of the church is lived for others. When we build systems, we train people, we organize the church and prepare the church to receive others. That's how the church becomes a thousand times more. Every small group in the church, every little home cell, Every little group in the church, whether it's a choir, it's it's instrumentalist, nothing in the church being done must be the center of attraction. There are reasons why we gather in churches. We gather in groups. We may love to dance. We may love to sing. We can play instruments. We love to usher. We love to arrange chairs. We love to do things for, the, for, for God. We love to... Uh, 
use the video cameras. We love to record the services. There are many reasons why people gather in groups. But ladies and gentlemen, that reason why you gather must not be the main reason. That reason why you gather must be the reason you are gathering to go out. Choristers must go out. Dancing stars must go out. Instrumentalists must go out. Yes. Those in the media ministry must go out. When your work in the media ministry is spent just filming and recording and editing and whatever, I'm telling you, you, you will soon become thieves of the video cameras you are using. Yes. There's nothing that will save your soul except obeying Christ. When you go and minister to other people, everything you will need to even live a godly life is in that life. Yes, it's in that life. Number five, the message of others is that we must serve others. We must serve others. We must serve others. Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The church must not exist to just serve itself. Church life is not a serve yourself life. The reason we gather in church on Sundays, on Saturdays, on weekdays, we have conventions, is to be empowered to go. Nothing can eclipse that commission. Nothing can take the place of that commission. Everything we do in the church must be towards going. Going. And we go out to serve others. We go out to minister to others. We go out to become servants. He said the son of man did not come to be served. We did not build the church to serve ourselves. We built the church to be empowered to go. To go. That's why Jesus Christ told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem. Till they are endued with power from on high. The reason why we tarry in church services, we tarry at conventions, we tarry at conferences, is to be endued with power not to marry, power not to prosper, but power to go. To go. To go. To go. And when we stay, like the four lepers said, a certain evil will descend upon us. A certain evil, unimagined evil, will come upon us. That's the difference between the Jerusalem church and the Antioch church. The Jerusalem church was the church that was told to go into the world. But read your Bible carefully. They prospered. The church began, began to grow. That, I mean, they, they were rich men. They had lands. They had everything. And because of their prosperity, they decided, uh, instead of going, they would sit and enjoy. Enjoy the blessings. So, disaster struck. 
till the church became the subject of a witch hunt. Till emperors and empires began to look at the church as a problem, as a canker to be addressed. What the church experienced was not small. Persecution. 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 And that persecution dispersed them. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to have persecutions to be dispersed. You don't need a problem. You shouldn't have a problem before you go. You shouldn't be dying of cancer and you now want to serve God. You shouldn't be dying and you now want to give to God. No, no. While it is well with you, you can sit in your car and drive to the nearest community and park your car, roll up the windows, get out of the car, and go and share the gospel. Live for others. Live for others. Hmm. The message of others is that we must serve others. Let not every man look on his own things, but also on the things of others. Let not every man look only to his own things, but also on the things of others. Number six. The message of others is we must lay our lives down for others. We must lay our lives down for others. The church's sacrifices must be sacrifices we make to get others into Christ. That's why Jesus paid the ultimate price. He laid down his life on the cross. He shed his blood. And that is the sacrifice the church needs to make, my dear friends. (laughs) Without paying the price. Without losing. Laying yourself down. Laying your life down talks about making sacrifices. Paying a price. We must sacrifice our time. The time we could have spent resting could be sacrificed to reach out to others. Yes. Yes. You can reorganize your time to make time to minister to others. You can reorganize your use of the day and make time for others. We must find you going to minister to others. Your journeys must not be only journeys for your businesses, journeys and trips and rides and drives for your life, your children, your work. No, it must also be to minister to others. We must sacrifice our energy. The message of others is that we must lay down our lives. We must lay down our energy. That's what the the hymn writer said. Go labor on and spend and be spent. Be spent means that you are tired. You are worn out. You've spent your time. You've spent your energy. You've spent your strength. Go labor on. Spend and be spent. This is what the, the Lord is saying to the church. We will never become a thousand times more. Until we lay down our lives for others. If Jesus paid a price, 
If Jesus Christ sacrificed, then the church must sacrifice. Time we could have spent on ourselves should be spent ministering to others. Time we could have spent enjoying nice worship times in the church should be spent on the field at crusades. Laying down our lives, laying down our time, laying down our comfort, laying down our conveniences, laying down our life. That is the call of God. And my dear friend, those who obey this call always rise. Nothing in the kingdom will work without sacrifice. Because the foundation on which the church is, was built is a foundation of one man's sacrifice. One man shedding his blood. One man paying the price. One man giving it all. One man coming to a place where his life mattered no more to him. Everything about him was to die for the world. Everything in him was to give it all. To spill his blood. To be ridiculed. That is laying down. Sometimes you lay down your honor. We know you are an honorable man. We know you are a lawyer. We know you are a doctor. We know you are a beautiful girl. We know you are a rich man. But church, we must lay down our riches. Lay down the honor. Lay down the beauty. Put down that title. Put down that profession. And go as an ordinary man. Because that is what you would have been anyway. What you have was given by God. Yes. What do you have that you did not receive? It's time to remove the gab of a lawyer, of the doctor, of the rich man, of the businessman, and be ordinary and walk through your community sharing Christ, sharing Christ and ministering the love of God to others. It can't happen if you hold on to your dignity, if you hold on to your honor, if you hold on to your riches, if you hold on to your, to your titles, if you hold on to your status, you will never go out. Yes, you will never go out. Those who go out, those who, 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 who reach out to others have had to lay down something. Lay down something. That's why Philippians 2, talking about Christ, said, though he was God, he thought it's not robbery to be equal with God, but rather he laid down, he sacrificed that title God and became a man. He took upon himself the form of a servant. The form of a servant. Even to be called son of God was a demotion. He was God himself. But because of you and I, he shed off that skin and took upon himself the form of a man. I came to you today to ask you, what is it that is preventing you from getting, is it your air-conditioned car? Is it your title? Is it, is it, is it, the, is it the name? Is it, I mean, what is it? God is calling us as a church to lay down, to, to reach others, you must lay down your life. 
some of us, what you must lay down may not be our riches, but sometimes you must lay down your problems. Lay down your issues. Lay down your need for a house, your need for a job, your need for a wife, your need for a husband, and go. Perhaps it is in going that those needs of yours will be met. The wisdom of God is that go ye and minister to others. That's how the church becomes big. That's how the church grows. When we care for others. When we love people who don't deserve our love. Why? Because you did not deserve God's love. While we were yet sinners. Sometimes we look at ourselves and think that we are great. We are deserving of God's time, God's honor. It's just God's mercy. What you are is by God's mercy. That's why today even Christians find it difficult to forgive. Because when, when your pride is hurt, when your greatness is, is infringed upon, and you don't think that that greatness was received, it becomes a problem. And it's time for the church. It's time for church members. It's time for pastors. It's time for leaders. It's time for shepherds. Lay, to lay down. To lay down means put it down and move on. Put down your title dock. Put down your title honorable. Put down your title miss area. Miss town. Miss city. Miss Malawi. Miss Blanta. Miss whatever. Put it down and move on. For there's an evil. Never forget the words of the four lepers. So we do not well. If we hold our peace, evil will come upon us. The church must rise up and move before a certain evil comes upon us. The church must rise up and move before a certain problem that we don't expect comes upon us. And finally, number seven. The message of others is that we must use all the blessings God has given us to care for others. What a blessing. Bishop Dagiwad Mills, God bless you for this book. The message of others is that we must use all the blessings God has given us to care for others. The four lepers came upon blessings. And God gave it to them. And they used it to minister to the rest of the city. God is touching your life now. I don't know what blessings you have. Some of us are blessed with jobs, blessed with money, blessed with energy. Some of us are blessed with health and strength. I mean, I'm standing. I'm standing. Not everybody can stand. <laughs> I can raise my hand. Not everybody can raise a hand. I'm speaking. Not everybody can speak. Not everybody can speak. <laughs> Money is not the only blessing. Your life is a blessing. And God wants us to use our blessings. Everything, our education, our titles, our resources, whatever, whatever, whatever. And some of, some of us don't even know that there are certain things which are a blessing. You think they are problems. 
I read again the NIV. Then they said to each other, what we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. And for you and I, that royal palace is there. It's in town. Let's go out there. Everybody you meet is God's royal. Everybody you meet is God's special person. Let's go out there. The message of others is that the blessings of God, what, what God has blessed us with, what God has bestowed on us, what God has given us, must not be lavished on us, but to be spent on others. That you use your medical degree, your law degree, to make inroads to places where doctors are not allowed. But you are a doctor and you are allowed. So you use it to enter that system and preach Christ. Beautiful. Places where only lawyers, only engineers, only certain people, only certain people of a certain tribe will be allowed there. So God makes you a part of that tribe so that you can get in there and preach his word. I pray for you today. That just as Nehemiah did, Nehemiah used his position to appeal to the king. And he was able to get the king. Nobody could have done that. There was no one who was so close to the king. In that sense. But Nehemiah was able to get the king to give him letters. If you had the chance, and you had the chance to go to the palace, the king would not even see you. He would not even see your face. But Nehemiah was the one serving him. So he saw him and he used his position to beg for letters. And wherever he went, the letters gave him a pass. Passage 2. And the Bible says he finally arrived at Jerusalem and began the work of building. I want to pray for somebody here today. That there is something God has given you which is not for you. Not everything God gives you is for you. Not everything God gives you is for you. Even in our normal lives, not all the salary is for you. Part of it is for the government. Not everything God gives you is for you. Some things are given to you so that you can be a channel of blessing to others. So Bible says, he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Some things in your life are seeds. May you not fry those seeds and eat them. Ladies and gentlemen, God is calling you and I. If you and I Word Alive Ministries, whatever church you are in, the UD, whatever church, Pentecost, Presbyterian, Methodist, Catholic Church, I don't know what church you attend. I don't know what pastor you are. I don't know what church you are pastoring. 
But if you will be a thousand times more, I want to assure you, it will never happen outside the framework of others. Because your little church cannot be the center of attraction. What God is doing is bigger than your little church. What God is doing is bigger than your little life. And I pray today that the message of others will change how our minds work. That the message of others will change how you and I see even the blessings of God in our lives. What, are, what constitutes the message of others? I'll take it again. The message of others is that we... Sorry, the message of others is that others exist. Others exist. The message of others is that our minds must be on others. The message of others is we are to spend our lives for others. The message of others is we must live for others. The message of others is we must serve others. The message of others is we must lay down our lives for others. And finally, number seven, the message of others is we must use all the blessings of, that God has given us to care for others. Somebody is waiting for you. Someone needs you. Someone is counting on you to arrive. If we don't heed the call to reach out to others, we'll sit in our half-empty churches. We'll sit in our churches which look like funerals. We'll sit in our churches which, 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 are, which have lost any joy and any spirit. But when we sit down, when our meetings, our lives, our energies, our discussions, our drives are on reaching out to others, we will suddenly find the true purpose for the church. And I pray that everyone, you as an individual, one day will become 20. You one day will become 100. You alone, one day will become 1,000. You alone, you can become 40. Yes. We can send you to a place. And after three months there, there will be 40 Christians just like you. You can become 40. You can become 30. You can become 100. You can. Like the seed. Except it is sown. It abides alone. But if it is planted, everything in it comes out. But until then, it exists as a little seed. You are that seed. May you be planted somewhere in your town. Somewhere in the community. May you be planted somewhere. Go to that place. Plant yourself there. And see what will bud out of your little life. I pray. That you will not see yourself the way you are now. How you are looking is not how God meant it to be. You are supposed to be a thousand times 
Isaiah 60 verse 22. It says, a little one shall become a thousand. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one shall become a strong nation. We were meant to be great. We were meant to be big. We were meant to make a bigger impact than the little brushes we are making around. We were meant to transform destinies more powerfully than what we are doing. But it will never happen till our minds are on other people. Till we plan our lives. We schedule our lives. We arrange our schedules to be able to minister to others. May God touch your heart. May God make you great. May God make you strong. May new energy bubble up in you. And may you stop seeing yourself as a subject of the equation of your life. God bless you. I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, I pray and I ask that this word will sink deep down into our souls. Bring us to a place of right thinking. Leaders, members, pastors, let the church rise up and begin to think of others. Lord, I pray for an endowment of great grace to send us out, to find others, to serve others, to live for others, to lay down our lives for others, to minister to others, and to lavish our blessings on others. Let the church become the true church. Let the church become the great church it was meant to be. Let the church arise and let every contending enemy be scattered so that we can have the peace to build and to touch lives. Thank you, Lord, for everyone listening to me. Thank you for your hand that is upon everyone. Thank you for your word which has entered us as seeds. Let it now germinate, Lord, and let it become a great tree bearing great fruits. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say God bless you, and I want to thank God for the life of Pastor Zach. I don't know what is happening next, but I want to ask you that you take advantage of the opportunity you are going to be given to sow a seed. Sow a seed. Sacrifice something. Give something. The seed you sow is going to go a long way to make this conference and everything that is linked to it also do well. That money in your pocket is a seed you must sow. And I pray that all over the world you will not just turn off this broadcast and walk away, but you will look around and find a number you can send a seed to. And I believe that God is going to bless you. Thank you and hope to see you when I see you. God bless you.